and welcome to the For the Love of Duluth podcast. My name is Tom Jamison. I moved to Duluth about six years ago, shortly after I bought a business here called Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Prior to that, I was a lawyer in Minneapolis for about 25 years. My co-host is Yvonne Myers. Yvonne is a lifelong resident of Duluth, a registered nurse, and not coincidentally, the marketing director for Lake Superior Medical Equipment. So why did we decide to do a podcast called For the Love of Duluth? It's simple. We love our town and its region, and we want to talk about cool things that are happening here. If you already live in Duluth, we hope this podcast will provide interesting tidbits of information that will add to your appreciation of Duluth. If you are visiting or planning to visit Duluth, we hope our podcast can become a place where visitors can learn more about this town and the cool things that are happening here. Neither Yvonne nor I are celebrities, so the stars of this podcast are clearly not us. The star of this podcast is the city of Duluth and of course the guests who join us to talk about their lives and what they are doing in Duluth. This is for the Love of Duluth podcast. Are you in the mood for some authentic Mexican food? You don't need to answer that because the answer is probably always yes. And lucky for us, we have a great food scene here in Duluth and one of the best is Oasis del Norte. The cool thing it's a food truck, which occasionally pops up inside the Miller Hill Mall. Oasis Del Norte is a fan favorite in Duluth, and it's easy to see why. The food is as authentic as it gets, with a menu filled with delicious Mexican favorites that are clean, simple, and fresh. The recipes come to the Northland from Mexico, as Eduardo Sandoval Luna began replicating his mother's authentic Mexican recipes after moving to Minnesota and missing her delicious cuisine. Oasis Oasis Del Norte has it all. Tacos, nachos, quesadillas, burritos, and more. They also offer a variety of meats, including chicken, carne asada, ground beef, and beef tongue. Eduardo says not to let the name scare you because it is delicious. Since the food truck began operating in 2015, it has become a place locals flock to, and the menu has remained pretty much the same as well, a testament to how delicious the food is. Eduardo grew up dreaming of opening a Mexican restaurant just like his mother. That dream stuck with him as he moved to Denver when he was 18, met his wife Angie, and then moved to Minnesota. The dream of following in her footsteps led him to act, bringing the flavors of his childhood to the land of 10,000 lakes. In 2014, Eduardo bought a food trailer and one year later began serving the Northland. Now it's a family affair, running Oasis Del Norte with his wife and three sons. It's a name people now recognize and a taste Northlanders can't get enough of. You can catch the Oasis Del Norte all over the Twin Ports, either on the street near you or at big events. With local ingredients and nearly everything made from scratch, Oasis Del Norte is an amazing addition to the Duluth food scene. The carnitas is marinated in local craft beer, the beef from a local farmer, and produce from Superior, Wisconsin. They also have gluten-free, keto, and vegetarian options. There is truly something for everyone at the Oasis Del Norte. For all these reasons and more, Eduardo is the perfect guest for the For the Love of Duluth podcast. Here to talk to us about his amazing journey to the Twin Ports is Eduardo Sandoval Luna, owner of the Oasis Del Norte. Eduardo, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. 
welcome. So first things first, I'm just dying to hear about what your childhood in Mexico was like growing up the youngest of eight children. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, being the youngest of eight, it was uh, it was a lot of hands-on mom, uh, a lot of moms, you know, I got sure. three three sisters <laughs> that they take care of when my mom wasn't around. It was a, it was a great family experience. Everybody pitch in to help at the at the cocina or, or, or restaurant that we uh, that we had that we had the business on. Sure. My parents uh, grew up in the northern part of Mexico, but they immigrated in the '60s to Mexico City. Mexico City. Okay. In Mexico City, they started uh, entrepreneur business of making uh, tortillas, and and they they uh, they had two tortilla factories at the, at the one point in life. I remember growing up. Being four or five years old, go into the tortilleria and, and be there all day because that was a family business. Sure. And it was pretty busy, huh? Yeah, it was pretty busy. And then at night, my mom uh, always opened the doors at, uh, at home to to sell meals to, to people. And it was always something, uh, something delicious at home to eat. Sure, sure. So your mom's restaurant was a big inspiration to you as a little boy. And it's still going. It's still a local favorite yeah, there still in Mexico. Yeah, a local flavor. Yeah, yeah. My, mom, my mom and my dad, unfortunately, separate. My mom went back to her hometown in the northern part of Mexico. Okay. town called uh, Jerez Zacatecas, which oh. so is about 30,000 people. I grew up kind of like a similar to Duluth, you know, small town, but a, sure. a big city feel. And uh, still running. It's called El Oasis. Oh, neat. And then the name came from bringing her recipes here. So this is El Oasis del Norte, which means Oasis of the North. Oh, that's so mm -hmm. cool. So how exactly did you incorporate what you learned growing up from your mother into Oasis del Norte? How I incorporated, I keep the same um, process that my mind make the salsas, the marinades, the, the seasoning, every single step that how I remember as a kid. Okay. Well, growing up, I was the one peeling up the tomatillos. That was my job. And then go to the mercado, local mercado, like a yeah, like a, a store that go pick up the avocados, tomatoes. She she taught me a lot about that stuff. How to how to give you more flavor, meaning okay. ripeness. You know, you don't sure. want the tomatoes too already gone. You want them perfect. You want the avocados perfect. So I got the the experience or or learning from mm -hmm. her, and I incorporate everything that she taught me into. Oasis del Norte to to keep that flavor that I grew up essential in my food. Cool. So it's all homemade sauces and fresh vegetables and different things. That's really neat. Yeah, you yeah. You can tell when mm -hmm. you taste it. It's delicious. So you moved to Denver when you were 18. What inspired that move and how did you choose Denver coming from Mexico? The inspiring to move this uh, like any other immigrant you want to have a better life mm -hmm. in my case i was 18 and my mom had financial problems and i had some family but i got cousins that were living in denver already so i talked to them and they're like yeah they they sponsored me to come up and then help me uh the first three three years of my stay i sent much money i could to my mom to help her out mm -hmm. and um it was kind of like the way to help out the family. Mm -hmm. And then my cousin helped me to open his doors from his house. And um, I really appreciate everything he taught me. He uh, he told me that if you want to succeed in a different country, you got to speak their, their own language. Mm -hmm. So if you go to China, you got to speak Mandarin. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one thing I learned from him that he just told me, learn English, you're going to do better in life in this country. And and this is a country opportunities. Sure. And then, and then um, it looks that uh, if you go for it, 
And if you got the, the, the drive, you can you yeah. can do good in this country. That's a precious story. So eventually then you moved to Minnesota where your wife is from. Mm-hmm. What was the journey like as you came to Duluth from Denver? Yeah, that uh, the journey was my, my wife grew up in a small town, uh, right Minnesota, right next to Cranwell, a small town. So it was kind of shocking for me personally, because in Denver, I used to play soccer like two days a week. And then okay. you go to the markets and pick up whatever. Well, it was way different because we were like in the middle of uh, of the woods, what they call it here. And it was tough. And it was tough me, like I wanted to do something, you know, to go simple, go play soccer or something. Well, you got to drive all the way to Duluth. And it was uh, it was a learning experience that, that it grew on me. It grew that living in the country is a, is a great, great life. And um, just to learn about the culture. And then when I came to Duluth, it was uh, it was a pretty cool uh, town. I, li- I love the fact that, you know, you're riding right next to the water and then five minutes you can be in the middle of the woods and it's pretty cool it's it's a good place too also that me growing up in and in, in a downtown city in mexico and being in a big places with a lot of people also comes with uncertainty on crime and stuff like that duluth is pretty neat to raise your kids still you can have have a knowledge that they're uh they're always being in a like in a small town feeling. So now you're known all over the Northland, and I can attest to that because I think my husband is one of your biggest fans. <laughs> He's always texting me saying, "I'm yeah. gonna go over to Oasis del Norte. Do you mm-hmm. want anything?" He gets yeah. the tortas, yeah. and he always gets me one mm-hmm. just in a to-go container without the bread because yeah. I like to do the keto thing. Uh-huh. So that's um, so he is one of your one of your biggest fans. How long after moving to Duluth then did you start working? on this idea of Oasis del Norte? It was about it was about two, three years after I moved to Duluth okay. that uh, I was I was kind of craving the flavors from my mom's sure. cooking and, and and nobody had that at the time here. So I had the idea, I said, well, what about we just, I cook for me, I always like to cook. So I cook for me and then I cook for, to, to, to share with everybody. And I saw the opportunity too, to share my Mexican culture through the food that, uh, that really when when we opened the food trailer, it went really well, and uh, people really was curious about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you you mentioned the food culture of Mexico, and I wanted to talk about that because I just love Mexico. I, I just think it is it is one of the most fascinating, beautiful, interesting, diverse countries you could ever imagine both just you know its physical beauty is incredible but it's its cultural diversity is amazing and uh whenever i'm in mexico and i i I guess i've probably spent more time in the baja area of mexico than other places i've never been to mexico city it's a a city i really want to visit at some point but the food culture in mexico it's so rich it is so old and the the flavors that you get out of the mexican cuisine is just amazing. And there's all these different regions that all have their own specialties. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. The the Mexican the Mexican uh, cuisine you can you can from from a state to a state can vary. You know, it's pretty cool that like my mom grew up in the northern part and went to Mexico City. She didn't know much about like how you prepare a fish. You know, like the people by the ocean. Mm, right, right, right. And and our and our and our family or tradition was more like a like a like adobos, like a chile, like a salsa-based food, such as was the what they had in my in my mom's uh, region where she grew up. 
right, you know, right. because she got the cooking from her mom. So then when she moved to Mexico City, then boo, that's a way another world of of uh, flavors too. Because Mexico right. City is kind of like place where everybody from outside the the big city immigrated to. So they brought all their flavors to it. Right. And it was a mix. Mexico has a great culinary from the south to the north, and it can be totally different base, different flavors, and it's always amazing. It is. It's. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I know you. One of the places. I don't think it's too far from Mexico City. Is it Oaxaca? Yeah. Got the moles, and it's mm-hmm. just. It's just. It's just incredible things. Families have been doing this for hundreds of years, and these recipes, and it's just. It's absolutely amazing. And I know when I'm. I mean, let's let's face it. When I'm in Mexico, I'm a tourist, right? But I always try to get out of the tourist areas mm-hmm. and try to figure out where the where the locals are hanging, mm-hmm. and you know, go to some of these just some of these taco stands and stuff where it's just so fresh and they're just everything they're using is just so fresh and this is this is kind of what you're doing at uh, with your food truck and it's 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 fabulous so first of all thank you so much for bringing that here you're welcome uh, and so the the dishes that you have in the food truck and one of the nice things that i like about food trucks in general is that it's usually a somewhat limited menu right you can't have you can't be making 50 different items on a food truck so you have you, you have to really i think as a food truck owner you really have to decide well what what are you you going to have what are you going to offer what are you going to be serving how did you how did you can you describe that process a little bit yeah yeah and the, the food and the food truck um environment yeah you got limited space you know refrigerator or or flat top or or, or whatever you do in deep fry whatever you do you got limited space to to kind of cook and in my case i kind of started with uh with a, a small menu and then i always added more but i got to the point that it was like this is it i cannot have more because I'm running out of space. So uh, I came to decide that that I did like a tryouts. You know, I'm gonna try right. this for a right. couple months. Mm-hmm. If it, if it stays, then we keep it. It was it was fun to go to the mall because I I had more space and then I tried new things, which is pretty cool. And then that gave me a sense of okay. For example, the viria. The viria is like the shredder shredder beef made out of out of I make it with brisket. It was it was something that I tried out last year at the mall and then people were like yeah we want that on the trailer and i'm like but i only have so much room so i just <laughs> somehow some way i found a place to put like a little little at a time <laughs> and that's how we cook and i was being so one of the the locals favors that i'm definitely want to have it coming on in the future it's just that you don't have as much too right you can right, run right. out pretty quick yeah sure. is, mm-hmm. and is, is that is that a big issue that you you simply run out on, on real busy days because there's just not enough storage space to to keep enough food for as busy as you get sometimes yeah yeah we 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 run on uh on a pretty kind of consistent consistency if we know we're gonna have more stuff we always have something prep in the in the in the kitchen that we rent to prep ready to go all i gotta do is make a phone call and someone will drive it to us nice right such as such as a good thing about having having something to to fall back in that case, you know, it can be probably different, a different food truck. But in that case, that's how I came to be. Because, yeah, it's, it can happen. It can happen quick. You can run out of one thing pretty fast. If that mm-hmm. thing is pretty popular that day, right? you're right. like, over something like, no, not what did I do? <laughs> yeah. So I like to keep it, keep one extra at the at the place that we prep, ready to go in case yeah. that happened. Because this is one thing I like is to hopefully people who come to buy from me or or, or 
as a really customer get the same experience always and i like them to to be able to get it right and i i know one of the things that you're uh you, you highlight and i think it's it's sort of known about you is you locally source a lot of your ingredients can you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah we we partnered up with uh bay produce and superior our our, our tomatoes for their mild salsa are, are based from there i've been partners with them for the last four years we try cilantro we tried other spaces from them but it didn't give me the the uh texture that i was looking for the flavor is awesome because it's made right there but it's really good for the for the mild salsa we we get a we get a local local farm that we get the beef tongue from too and then sometimes we get the brisket from them depends of how much produce they got we also thinking about resourcing uh, the cilantro too with the local farmer as well. The reason I want I, I started doing that is because I want to give my community something back. Right. That uh, mm-hmm. then it's also that the the part of me saying that to to give back to the community. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fabulous. That's it's and it's that's a big thing here in Duluth. You know, yeah. there's so many people that are focusing on so sourcing locally, and it's fabulous. Plus, mm-hmm. things are fresher, right? When they don't have to travel as far. So, and I also understand uh, that you use some of the craft beer for for one of your dishes. Yeah, we do. We do the carnitas, a pretty uh, pretty pretty flavorful shredder beef that we we been parking at this brewery since i since the beginning uh we partner with uh, ben paddle we partner with uh, casa danger and two harbors yeah, we partner with Duluth cider and i started one thing you know i said well what about we do local craft beer with my beer I mean, with my carnitas, and then we give them a different flavor. So every every time I do a batch, I take either Ben Paddle or I take Casa Danger. And then I started with Duluth Cider. I tried their Green Stone Duluth Cider, and it's totally a different flavor. So now, instead of not being, uh, because before, because I used, I used beer, was uh, uh, glute, it wasn't a gluten-free option my that oh, type right. of meat now it is oh, because i use uh i use a dilute cider oh fascinating yeah. where can people find your find your truck normally i know you separate from from your uh your miller hill mall experience with with uh with that for people who aren't familiar with Duluth. Uh, when we talk about Miller Hill Mall, it is uh, it's a shopping mall that's not right in downtown Duluth. It's kind of up the hill a little bit. But where else can people find your food truck? The food truck, uh, we have a Facebook called uh, Oasis del Norte uh, Facebook, and we also have a website. So we are putting our schedule for the week. Every try to do it every Monday. So by Tuesday, you can check it out check out our locations and then we got some uh, exciting news to share with you guys and with everybody that we going to open a brick and mortar wow congratulations you are opening up a brick and mortar and uh let's talk about that where is it gonna be (laughs) yeah it's gonna be in in, uh in lincoln park district and um the exactly location is uh 2401 uh, west superior street what everybody knows is the old liquor store (laughs) fabulous yeah so you're going to be neighbors of Versa Minor and and uh, not too far away from from Bent Paddle and it's just uh, Lincoln Park is just it's just a fabulous I can't imagine a better place to open a restaurant in Duluth. Yeah, yeah, the community of Lincoln Park or the all the business owners they're really supportive. They're really it's really nice to to get into the community. It's awesome that uh, even though you know the Hansons 
uh, Tom and, and Louis and then his his wife, they stop over the other day, kind of say hi and check out with me. Uh, Colin and Laura from Ben Paddle. I mean, the Lute Cider is really excited. Ben oh, from yeah. uh, from Mercer Mine is really excited. Everybody who uh, who is there is really supportive, which is I like. I love that part about. Yeah, you're not. They don't they don't feel you as a competition, but they feel yeah. you as one more to be a part of the grade. Right, and they all they part. all work there now. Uh-huh. They got a great place to go for lunch yeah. or dinner after work. So that's really exciting. So so when are you thinking that you're going to be opening the doors on your brick and mortar? Yeah, right now we're working with the local architect um, and then the local engineers to design the, the the great space for us. And we're hoping to open in the summer. Uh, we're going to we're gonna we're gonna have like a little oasis of Mexico in Duluth. Is a is like a like a like a hundred by a hundred little corner. <laughs> There's gonna be our our little Mexico. Oh, nice! Another nice. reason to go to Lincoln Park, huh? Yep, that's wow, right. Fabulous. Well, you know, I uh, I want to ask you. We're gonna have to take a break soon, but I want to ask you one question. Uh, when we talked a little bit briefly about your whole sort of immigrant story, and obviously we're a nation of immigrants, and it's so cool to hear a story where someone is out. You're you're now first generation immigrant. Your kids will be second generation, and and the story begins anew, right? It's another great, wonderful American immigrant story. And so was that ever daunting for you? You went to you went to Denver and you didn't it sounds like you didn't speak English when you went to Denver. Were you a little scared about going to this foreign land and not speaking the language? Yeah, I was a little scared because you it was it was a hard to communicate. But I think if you ever have some goal in mind, if you wanna succeed and you wanna move forward, you do anything possible to to get there. And one of the steps or one of the, the, the ways for me was to learn the language. And uh it was a carry the first couple of years because it was like i got a couple of stories that uh you know i was sometimes embarrassed to say 33 because my my you know you guys put the tongue on top right, and say right, 33 right, 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 right. it was it was it was kind of embarrassed but i just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and then and then just all of a sudden it came up and uh that's the cool thing about united states that you can uh you can you can succeed as much as you want if you wanna if you wanna keep going you can keep going my my life experience is i opened the food truck it was like a like a fun like a, like a really cool thing to do because i wanted to eat the food but now it's turned into a, a, a good business and, and, and we settle in a, in a spot that I think is going to do great business and also opening that door for all the other businesses to see they can they can see see an reflection on of of me and, and, and move forward with it. Perfect, perfect. Well, listen, we are going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsor, Lake Superior Medical Equipment, Inc., and we will be right back with Eduardo, hear more about food truck and his plans for a brick-and-mortar uh, oasis. So uh, we'll be right back. For the Love of Duluth is sponsored by Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Are you in need of home medical equipment such as lift chairs, oxygen, and walking aids? Are you looking for a local medical supply company that gives you friendly and knowledgeable service? Then look no more. Lake Superior Medical Equipment is your answer. Local, independent, full service, and conveniently located in Duluth and Cloquet. Remember, you have a choice about where you get your medical equipment and supplies and we hope that you will choose Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Visit our showrooms or call us in Duluth at 727-0600 or Cloquet 
at 879-2211. Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Real people who really care. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and visit our website at lsmedequip.com. All right, we are back with Eduardo Sandoval Luna, the owner of Oasis Del Norte Food Truck. And we just learned in our prior segment of a new brick and mortar restaurant that's going to be opening in Lincoln Park. Eduardo, before the break, we were talking just about your experience and your story and, and coming to uh, America without knowing the language, learning the language, and, and then eventually getting up here in Duluth. And then you decided you wanted to, to start a business, a food truck, and I'm always interested as a small business owner, I'm always interested in how you went about figuring out that's what you wanted to do and how you financed it initially and how difficult was it permitting and all that kind of stuff to, to actually uh, get a food truck up and running. Yeah, the, 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 the dream came true when we um, we decided to buy the, the, the trailer. We financed part of it. Part of it, it was my own money that I saved up and then part of it, we financed it through a bank. Through uh, credit union and then uh the city going through the hoops i mean you you come to to a place that you don't know i mean i didn't know much about anything or the permit right. permitted permitting and all that stuff it was it was it was great working with with the loot city they uh you know it's, it's like everything else you have to have a license right the license mm-hmm. the license for for the city of the loot and then the health department statewide had to have one of them too and then also your certificate for a food manager too they want to know that, that that you know you know that that you know you know what you're doing right you don't want to the the main thing is you don't want to make anybody sick right yeah, right right so yeah. it was it was it was a learning curve for sure it was like uh like a college girl course right on, on, on business the other part of it is you know grew up in a in a family of entrepreneurs my mom and my dad and everybody till today either in mexico or here my brother we used to north dakota we all own our own business this, that, that is fabulous. So that it's fabulous. So, some way or another, we all have our own journey. Right. And this uh-huh. footsteps on my mom and dad. Yeah. And, you know, that's really that's really important because I think there's there's so much risk in owning a small business and starting a small business. Uh, but when you've got a family where uh, who all went through that risk and went through the peaks and valleys and did all that, it kind of gets in your blood, right? Yep. That's just what you do. That's the risk that you want to take because at the end of the day, you want to have your own business and, and you want to be calling your own shots and not working for for someone else. And I just, I, I think that's fabulous. What I'm really surprised uh, that you said is that you were able to get some bank financing for your first food truck when you didn't have any experience with a food truck or with a restaurant. And, uh, but you were able to, you were able to get that. So somewhere you were able to convince a banking or in your case, a credit union of your story and your, your ability to, to, to actually bring this to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, couple of doors that I have to knock, you know, knock mm-hmm. on the door and see who opens. I got a couple of doors that were, they didn't want to open for me, right. but I just keep knocking when so. you're uh, persistent and, and want to do something. Yeah. Uh, one door will be open. And then I found finance half of it. The other half, we had the money and then we just, we just start little, you know, we started with a few things on the menu and then we, we keep, uh, get them the food truck needed more equipment. And then, you 
know, I always I always learn from my mom that if you if the business give you profit, you can put profit back into your business. And right. as slowly as you go, as slowly can you can afford. So that's all we did. So now my food truck it runs into a debt free um, business. Fabulous. Wow. fabulous, fabulous. Uh, so, but but overall, you felt like the city of Duluth was supportive. They they weren't throwing too many hurdles in you or hurdles that you didn't necessarily expect. No, they were they were they were they were pretty helpful to tell me where to go or or what to, what to what to what to do in this in, in that particular matter they were really really good to work with they just like okay so now you need insurance now your truck needs to be insured because your truck is pulling the trailer and they're like now you got to go get your your truck uh, insurance a commercial and they always oh, explain okay. things to me right. they did they did explain to me uh, you always want to know why you know why right, well right. they say well you pull in the truck your trailer with your truck and if your trailer hits somebody in the street then you have to be you know you, you pull it's attached to your truck right right so yeah they were really 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 helpful on that matter Inter- yeah. interesting and one more question on the whole permitting because I've always wondered this about about food trucks so obviously you've got a lot of regulations in any city about opening mm-hmm. a restaurant you talked about some of those but in a food truck you may be going to different cities or different locations do different locations have regulations you have to be aware of for food for food trucks or are you do you have to comply with all their restaurant requirements in that particular city yeah yeah for example we we like to tra- travel regularly to two harbors uh we all follow into the minnesota health department and and my and my type of uh food establishment of food truck but uh some counties require their own inspections and their own license like the county of uh what is it called and two harbors oh, a different Lake, county. Is it Lake, Lake Lake, county yeah Lake county yeah. correct yeah Lake county they require their own um health department license so when i go up there i gotta have their license as well as the cd too yeah so, so that's a lot to think about yep. that a, a normal brick and mortar restaurant doesn't have to worry about different jurisdictions right they've at least they're not moving anywhere well i thought uh, I, I i just i just think that's that's fascinating i'm again i i don't want to dwell on it but i'm really impressed that you were able to go into this business without any experience and you were able to convince a banker of your dreams and and why this was going to be successful so kudos to you but now i want to talk a little bit about your brick and mortar because this was news to all of us this is very yeah. exciting news uh, especially for those of us who live and love to eat in Duluth. It's really <laughs> exciting news. So um, tell us uh, uh, if people are familiar with what you're serving on the food truck, are there going to be any new items that they're they're going to be able to get at the uh, brick and mortar? Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna expand our menu a little bit, do some um, specials as well too. You know, put them for a week or or the weekend, and uh, we're gonna do more base antojitos, which is more like like a street food. We're gonna probably do some sopes such as the masa, the dough, and we are thinking about doing more vegetarian options too. Oh, you know, experimented with uh, with a couple of recipes and my sister, her being a vegetarian, she taught me two, two or three recipes of uh, maybe like a cactus salad. Oh, you interesting. Know? Yeah. 
and then yeah, that that can sure. be uh that can be in the menu we're thinking also as uh being that i grew up in a tortilla factory maybe we're gonna make some uh fresh fresh corn tortillas made made in house and um uh doing doing probably breakfast oh maybe, really maybe some breakfast burritos there or, oh nice yeah having a brick and mortar it gives me uh opens the the world of creations too because we have more more room right right and then you not some of the limitations we talked about yeah. with a food truck mm -hmm. you don't have those with a with a brick and mortar yeah correct correct and then we kind of do uh probably some fish tacos shrimp tacos oh. yeah yeah, you're so we're me hungry. Yeah, I know. I know. I got so hungry preparing yeah. for this podcast because I've been to menu out. I was just, oh my goodness. Yeah, and now with the brick and mortar, you don't have to mist. So we're gonna be all year round, so you can have a place to go eat some some real good tacos. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I can't wait. And so, are you still gonna keep the food truck? Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's yeah. that was my main goal when I started this. Well, one of one of my other goals to when I started this is to share my culture through the Northland and with the food truck it gives me the 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 ability and the love sharing everybody with everybody in the Northland we go to to uh, two harbors uh, frequently but we go to uh, Grand Marais once a year oh, for the fisherman picnic oh yeah and i receive a lot of love from those folks over I there bet. that's it, a great town yeah it's a great town i i reciprocate my love to bring the food up there and we also go to ely for the oh. for the blueberry fest oh yeah. fabulous and, and likewise we made we made really good friends up there uh they give me a lot of love and the past yeah. last year they remember they canceled because it was the big wind rain yeah. thing yeah. yeah we were able we were able we were able to stay for the whole weekend and uh share my culture with the food to everybody oh fabulous yeah it was it was it was a great great community effort to keep all the food there so we just stay there and then and, and, and share it with everybody do you have a big event coming up soon here nope not in the winter usually we do one event in the winter mm -hmm. but not not this year my main energy and focus is yes. uh, to get that brick and mortar yes. going i am uh, really excited to you know I'm there every step of the way mm -hmm. and seeing how the thing is transforming to a great place to to just hold, have a torta and maybe a, a local craft beer next door. So Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, financing a food truck and financing a brick and mortar, that's two different two different levels of mm -hmm. financing. But were you able to, to get financing now that you had established yourself as a successful business owner and, and food truck entrepreneur? Was it a little easier to, to convince a banker that this is something they should support yeah yeah definitely we uh we 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 went to Northland Foundation for uh, our financing and they saw our Fabulous. our history, mm -hmm. what we've done in, in the local scene of food. And they they were really on board since day one when I approached them and they said, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do this together. And they've been a really good uh, uh, organizations to work with he, uh, them and the city of Duluth as well, too. Fabulous. Really, really supportive of, of uh, my my dream, but also an idea to to have a have like a little oasis of Mexico in in and in, in the ground now <laughs> yeah in the ground like like a little yeah. corner yeah, every time you mention mexico i just uh, i just think about how <laughs> what an amazing place that is do you ever get back there yeah yeah we we before the pandemic the pandemic we went back every year but but for me it was more in the summer because my kids get out of school my wife is a teacher in hermantown so we had time to go visit family and maybe uh maybe explore a little bit through mexico so we usually spend about two or three weeks previous uh, 
pandemic previous COVID, we did that uh every year so do you do you go back i know you've, your family and i can't remember the name of the town that your mom is in now you said it's maybe thirty thousand people yeah northern yeah kind of like in the northern part uh, uh if you know where mazatlan is we're in the same longitude oh sure we're sure, in uh sure. mazatlan is about 400 miles for where we my mom uh hometown is so about 400 miles inland so. yeah oh 400 miles east if you know mexico or you follow the rocky mountains turns into sierra madre right. we're in the foothills on the east side of foothills it must be beautiful yeah yeah so it's a, it's a small town farm country um, valley that um, growing up I got really good friends that I went to school and right now they're they're running their own farms uh, vegetables uh, beef cattle you name it they all uh, have their own business Mexico is a country that I just want to spend a lot more time in I, I haven't spent any time in the interior and uh, you know one of the things I want, I've always wanted to do on my bucket list is, is see the Copper Canyon and I think they still have a train that kind of goes through there yeah it's yeah. Be just absolutely absolutely breathtaking yeah going through there so and again the, the food culture is, is incredible and i think you know the food culture now i think it, people are starting to realize it in terms of you know you've seen a lot more of it on the cooking channel things on on mexico but it's it's hundreds if not thousands of years old and some of it i mean it is so rich um and uh and now you're bringing it to us here we're running out of time so i do there's a couple things i want to ask you first of all how did covid impact your your food truck uh when covid came we had to implement a couple things you know put the shield we uh we used to take the orders right on the window of the food truck then we put a table outside with the shield and then we move everything out and then every time uh we we had to prepare something in there we had to use gloves we had to use gloves sanitizer Sanitizing. We were sanitizing the, the trailer inside the trailer, make sure nobody was in contact and, and all those those protocols. But then it kind of gave me another sense of, well, we're going to expand. We're going to go, for example, that's the year when we went to uh, Lakeside. Oh, you know, we, we, yeah. we tried Lakeside. And then the feedback that I got from the people is like, yeah, they were kind of sick of cooking at home, sticking at right. home. Yeah. 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 So when we brought something new to the area, they loved it. And now... Now, now we're all those spots like like also in Woodland as well. We went to Woodland too, and then and then and then people in the neighborhood love the fact that we can go there frequently every week. So as as a business, it kind of grew a little more because it was more my style. My come to the food truck, order and take it take yeah. it home. So it was safe, and we yeah. always inquire and we always tell the people to kind of stay six feet apart and implement all those those kind of right. regulations rules that people. People really um, um, respect. It's yeah. pretty cool. So COVID gave me a perspective of um, you can bring the food to them and then they can just take a go eat at home safely. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So one of the things we always ask is it's a podcast is for the love of, the, of Duluth. When you're not in your food truck and you're not in your new brick and mortar space, what do you like to do in Duluth? I like to hang out with the boys. We go fishing. We go hiking. We uh we go skiing in the winter. Yeah, I uh I tried for the first time doing uh, cross country skiing last year. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was a good workout. Yeah, yeah my my boys go to uh, Chester Bowl. They're part of that program. Oh, yeah, that's, so that's me is the guy that uh, go hang out with them or or go take them. And yeah, we just do try to do as much as I can with them with my family. Yeah, that's a great 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 place for families. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot a lot to do here. Yvonne, did you have any other questions? 
I just think it's wonderful that you learned how to cook from your mother and now you're passing it down to your boys. Mm -hmm. Are they interested? In yeah, yeah, it? they're interested. They, uh, they're, uh, they like to see how the process is. Uh -huh. And then sometimes they don't like when I'm telling them, well, now you are the one who took uh, peeled the tomatillos. But they do it. They do and they like it. And, and every time we finish something, we try it. And I just try to keep the palate to them and their mouth to mm -hmm. to, to to keep the same flavor as, as, as I grew up. Very important. Just pass it along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So family. Yeah, so I think, uh, I think we're just about out of time. And I just can't thank you enough, Eduardo. You have an inspiring story, and uh, we just can't wait for the restaurant to open. And uh, you know, I think you'll be seeing all of us at, uh, at the food truck soon. <laughs> we're, all, we're all hungry, so thank you so much. Thank you very much. Muchas gracias. Um, thank you very much for for the opportunity. And then we we'll see you guys either in the street or at the brick and mortar. Just wait for the exciting news coming on Facebook or our website, and uh, okay. we'll see you guys up there. All right, all right perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. That just about does it for this episode of For the Love of Duluth. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at For the Love of Duluth Podcast and subscribe to For the Love of Duluth wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for For the Love of Duluth. That way you will never miss an episode. We will see you next time.